In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me all the way from East Bridgewater, which is just east of West Bridgewater, the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Anne Carrigan. Good evening. How are you? Happy rum day. Happy Rum Day. It's National Rum go. Day. Woo-hoo-hoo. Whatever. <laughs> I need to go uh, trade in my wine for uh, rum. I'll be right back. Nah, just dump some rum in it and be fine. Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Anyways, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, um, uh, I feel like I just did my show like a minute ago, last week's show, a minute ago. <laughs> No, because last week's show kind of sucked. So yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's not go there. All right, let's not. I won't. I promise. I won't do my show from the road again. Oh, that was not fun. <laughs> sorry. That's all well, right. It happens. At least I showed up, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, right? I was. I was pleased as punch. <laughs> and so, what have you been up to? What are you doing? Well, you know, we've got lots of stuff coming up, and uh, I've been very, very, very busy, actually. I just got my contract from Northern Essex, so another two semesters of paranormal CSI at Northern Essex Community College, so that's kind of cool. Lovely. I'm psyched about that. And then, of course, I'm doing a special event with uh, Middlesex Community College at Halloween as well, so uh, I'm really psyched. Nice. And then this weekend, uh, on Saturday, we have the... Uh, Haunted Cruise, Sadarai, three-hour tour, which is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I hope you have nice weather. You coming? I wish. Why not? I wish. You live too far away from me. I'll Do give you an invitation. Down here. <laughs> oh, the heck with you then. I know. I'm sorry. You know, I'll find some of the blonde. That's not a problem. <gasps> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> 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 Anyways, that's this Saturday. In fact, there are tickets available. It's at nigosproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. And, of course, Tuesday, uh, is it Tuesday already? Oh, my God, yeah, Tuesday, I have my monthly paranormal study group out of uh, Circles of Wisdom in Andover, and we're going to be doing a remote, remote mystery investigation, which means we're going to connect to some 
haunted place somewhere, and we're going to do a investigation remotely, which will be interesting. And we'll also be looking at uh, the role of the eyewitness and how reliable is the eyewitness in a in a haunting, and uh, of course our ongoing. Um, psychometry and astral viewing uh, experiments as well. So it's, huh? it'll be a lot of fun. That sounds very cool. Yep. And then uh, the following Saturday, we have uh, another haunted tour at the uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse. And I think we just got two left Saturdays and one in September. So that's always good. And I believe, I think it's mostly sold out already. So and all the money goes to the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really neat because uh, we're on the place at night, which is a Coast Guard base, and uh, they don't allow it, so it's it's really special. That you should really... go to, oh, wait a minute, you're too far away, I'm sorry. Oh, wow, come on. <laughs> and anyways, and then of course the big news is, uh, is the beginning of September, I will be doing a three-day weekend, yeah, three-day three-day investigation up on uh, Wood Island Lighthouse, which is you get dropped off by boat. And, uh, yep, it'll be an investigation, uh, haunted tours on Saturday afternoons, and then a Saturday night ghost town event for the friends of uh, Wood Island Lighthouse. Why'd you mm, go to that? That's nice. When is that you again? Come? You want to come? Oh, want to come? When? When? Want to come? Want to come? It's, I believe it's uh, September 7th or 9th. Oh, I'll have to see. Oh, is that calendar. a long weekend? No, it's not a long weekend. It's not the long week- no, Labor Day no. weekend? No? no, it's not Labor Day weekend. No. Mm-hmm. no, no, no. Well, I'll have to look into it if I'm not face painting. Although, there you go. I think, there you I'm go. Face paint- I think I'm face painting. That's the bad news. <laughs> oh, well, you lose again. I n- not really. I make a lot of money that particular fine, weekend. Fine, fine, so. fine. I'll just find another blind. Money, <laughs> shut up. Money talk and something else walks. So. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Whatever. Yeah. Got to make so, the all-righteous the uh, righteous dollar these days. Someone's yeah, got to uh, do it. Good for you. <laughs> hey, I just got my Cobra bill, almost $1,200. So oh, my God. I don't want to hear about that. it. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Anyways, that's, uh, that's you know what? Uh, and speaking about that, I'm kind of like on a high horse today because I'm really getting kind of annoyed with Facebook. Oh, yeah? Yeah, really? Why? I, I don't get it. I mean, so so many people are on that thing, and, and they're, they're spewing all kinds of hate this and hate that, and it's like, mm. you know, what what the hell is that? You know what um, I mean? Well, you people know, like I, to they get on their soapbox and, you well, know. What, what, I don't mind if you get on your soapbox. I mean, we all believe in something, which is good, but yeah. I mean, why do you have to build yourself up by destroying someone else or, yeah. or trying to hurt someone else? I don't understand that. I really don't. Ron, was somebody picking on you? No, no, no. Nobody picks on me. I'm, I'm actually, for the most part, people are pretty nice to me for some reason or other. I don't know and why. I don't either. Why? But, uh, no, I, I just, you know, I, I get this yeah. news feed, and, you know, and I get this yeah. crap that's on there or there. You know, I mean, everybody has their own beliefs, and I respect people's beliefs. But, right. you know, you, you don't build your beliefs up by tearing down others or spewing hate. That's right. That's There's hard. a lot of hate. It really is. You know, I, I love it when somebody goes on here and they, they put their pictures of their cats, of course. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll put pictures of themselves being silly or, or their family and everything else. I mean, that's the cool stuff. That's what you really like. You know, people have a good time. People enjoying themselves, which is right. life, what life is supposed to be about. Not this, this hate crap. I don't get it. But anyway. I agree. I hide people all the time. Yeah, you, you know, and that's what happens if, if they really annoy me long enough that I just totally block I'm them. Friend. Yeah. Destroy them. Well, and then you unfriend them and they go, 
Why did you unfriend me? I you don't suck, understand. Right? Oh, what did I do? Come on. Figure did it you out. Look at your page. Yeah, right now, I know. <laughs> Damn. As uh Jannie D says in the in the chat room, everyone gets brave behind a keyboard. And it's Yeah, I, I don't know. Everybody can be a bully, you know? Yeah. No, oh Jenny's in there. Oh hi Jenny. Yeah. Whatever. Hi Jenny. Cats uh, <laughs> in there. Yeah, yeah I, I really, in there. You know, hi everybody. It's really a pet, really pet feed. I mean, you know, most of the time that the people there are and they don't even know. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm, how's that? I agree. Yeah. I agree. Oh, did I echo? Did I have yeah, my I face that. in the glass? So, I did. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Happy, be happy. Yeah, I, I know, but it's, it's so weird, it really is. I, I remember when Jan was going through cancer, now, you, you know, they didn't give her much of a chance to survive, like 10, 15 percent. And, uh, yeah. you know, she was going through chemo, through the radiation. You know, she was bald and everything. She was cute bald, though. I loved her bald. Aww. Yeah, she's a, ba- <laughs> she's a babe. Anyways, we were you coming You told me that her- before. Yeah, we were coming home from uh, the cancer treating treatment one time, and I took the left-hand turn, and there was a woman coming down to take the left-hand turn. I mean, she was quite a bit away, but evidently she felt I was cut her off. Right. But she had to go behind us, pull up beside of us. I was a young girl, mm-hmm. and flashes the, the fingers and swear at us. And, she gave you the one-fingered salute, did she? Yeah, and, you know, it, over what, you know? Right. It's, I know. It, it's really sad. It really is. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and wonder why there's so much crap in the world, and that's why. Because people just say, hey, you know, let things go. Enjoy mm-hmm. life a little bit. Never mind let everybody, whatever. I'm going way on to this now. <laughs> you're, you're, now you're on the soapbox. You're way yeah, up. I'm climbing up higher. I'm on the soapbox now, you know. So anyway. on top of boxes. I know. This is really bad. I, I do apologize. But, you know, that's I do right. get these. And, hey, you, you know, know what? It's your I, radio I'm, show. I'm coming down on my you life. My life is winding down, and I'm seeing things a little differently than perhaps when I was a little younger. So, anyways. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I understand you went ghost hunting this uh, past week. Oh, yeah. We went out last night, did a little, little, little tiny investigation. You know, it wasn't a big deal. So we oh, was there anything interesting? Well, there's... Um, over in Whitman, there's a uh, a middle school, and um, one of the members of another group I'm in, Bay State Paranormal, Rachel had said, you know, I, I have this guy who's talking to me about when he was a child growing up in Whitman, he said he saw the apparition of a small boy over in the ball field by this middle school. Um, and he had a friend with him, I guess, who lived right right beside the ball field mm-hmm. and uh, would see the apparition of this small boy and his sisters all the time because really? apparently the house that is right there on the corner, there was a house there prior which burned down and killed the three children. Oh. Um, so, you know, and, and I said, well, and I guess the guy, you know, as an adult lives there now. And uh, I said, well, why don't we just go bang on the guy's door? Oh, apparently he won't discuss it, <laughs> even as an adult. Um, okay. So, anyways, we were just we were hanging out at the ball field for a while and poking around in the woods. And, you know, um, I know Mike got a couple of EVPs. Mike always gets EVPs. He always gets EVPs, I know. But, uh, yep, so, yeah. And then we went, to, we went to Venus Cafe and had pizza and beer afterwards. That go. was the best part. So, by, by any chance, you didn't see any naked ghosts, did you? 
I did not see any naked ghosts. No, because I have I, yet I to actually, see one of those. You know, it's actually I, I didn't think they existed, but evidently they do. According to uh, this article I was reading uh, in New Orleans back in the antebellum days, there was this uh, uh, woman who was a slave of mixed blood, and she wanted to be married to her master, who was a uh, Creole aristocrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was opposed to it. But he said if uh, she would spend the night naked on the rooftop of their home on Rue Royale, Rue Royale, that means, Rue, I don't know, Royal Street, I guess, <laughs> and uh, on a uh, cold night in December evening, uh, he would marry her. Oh, my, so, he didn't ask for much, did he? No, I guess not. But oh. anyways, uh, what happened is uh, she did that. She went up on the roof naked, and, and the guy played uh, chess with his friend all night long, and mm-hmm. and eventually uh, uh, he went. The friend went home, and uh, he was going to bed, and he checked in on the the slave, and she wasn't there, and he uh, went out on the rooftop and uh, found her uh, frozen to death. Of course, mm. that's what happens in December so, up on the roof. Evidently, uh, although does it really get that cold? And uh, evidently, it does in December, and particularly this time, anyways. And, okay. So, anyways, there, there's supposedly two ghosts that haunt this house on Rue Royal, and mm-hmm. that is one of a naked slave, and the other mm-hmm. is a morose. I love that word, morose, morose. man. Mm-hmm. Seated, seated, or seated, as we like to say, too, in a chair near the window where he plays chess solitary. Huh. Okay. So there you go. There right. are, I guess there are uh, examples of naked ghosts. None that I ever seen. But, but we'll be waiting. Yeah, there you we'll go. Be waiting. We'll be asking for naked ghosts. Maybe we should ask them to come naked, you know. <laughs> investigation. Good luck with that, honey. <laughs> with your luck, you're going to get some guy that looks like Henry VIII. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Bad idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even <laughs> I know that's not a bad idea. <laughs> when we play, say, will you please show yourself? Well, yeah, well, I don't think you want to show that much. <laughs> anyway, speaking about bizarre things, I believe we have a new Beyond Bizarre. So uh, if Fiona right. can play that for us. Fire it up. The Ghosts of Nevada County, California, a little haunted hotel on the corner. In the historic town of Nevada City, California, high in the Sierra foothills on the corner of Broad and Pine Streets, there is a small hotel with a big history. Owner Katie Bennett, who bought the U.S. hotel in 2002, has heard strange noises and mysterious sounds regularly, and so have her patrons. The odd occurrences include knocking noises, steps that sound like someone is right outside your door, and lights that flicker on and off. The most common thing Bennett hears is laughter, accompanied by music and footsteps, as if someone is dancing. So it was no surprise to her when a team of paranormal investigators caught the sound of a laughter and footsteps on tape. The recordings included a man calling out for someone named Olga, the sound of boots on hardwood floors, and popping and knocking noises. You can visit NorCalGhostHunters.com, click on EVPs and links, and then scroll down to U.S. Hotel B&B, to hear the evidence for yourself. A ghostly image. In January of 2007, the Union, the local paper for Nevada County, California, reported that a ghostly face had appeared in a photograph. The photo had been taken at the historic Skidmore House, one of a dozen or so original homes 
still standing in North Bloomfield, a mining town that is now part of the Malakoff Diggins State Historic Park. Sonny Lopez, the park's maintenance mechanic, had moved to the park in July of 2006. He and his wife wanted window treatments that had an old-time feel, and so one afternoon Lopez took several photographs of Skidmore House and its windows. Later, when he went home to show the photos to his wife, he noticed that the otherwise empty home was perhaps not so empty. In one of the photos was a figure that looked like a woman with long hair pulling back the curtain and looking back out at him. You can view the photograph yourself in the Union's online archives at theunion.com. Do a search for ghostly photographs and see what appears. The Ghost in the Flame Originally built as a firehouse, a necessary building in a gold rush town of shacks and temporary structures, the Firehouse Number 2 in Nevada City, California is now a historical museum. Visitors and employees alike have reported hearing footsteps in an otherwise empty room, as well as feeling sudden temperature changes, cold spots, and a general thickening of the atmosphere. Some witnesses claim to have seen the ghosts of a Victorian woman who searches through cabinets and a female piano player from a nearby whorehouse. A few visitors have even cited a group of Chinese men standing around a shrine, a testimony to the Chinese population that contributed to Nevada City's early growth. Terrifying Tales from the Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. you a cemetery tripping. I've had a few things going on. uh, Yeah, well, (laughs) whatever. Life goes on. Anyways, um, this this is actually, I I posted uh, a new article in my, uh, one of my Facebook pages, uh, Grave Intentions. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is kind of up toward you. And I think this is something you and I ought to check out. It's up to a what? What's that? What did you say it's up to? Up near you. Oh, up near me. Okay. Oh, yes, I was just looking at that in Attleboro. Yeah, that's not too far, is it? No, it's about uh, about half an hour, 45 minutes from my house. So I think it's, you know, it's something that we could cemetery trip together and check this out. Absolutely. Uh, It's, uh, if you go on my page, it's a story about it, and it's uh, kind of ghostly. Yeah. St. Stephen's Cemetery. Yeah. Do you know where that is? I don't. I don't. Okay. I know where I know where Attleboro is. Oh, there you go. That's uh, you know halfway there. Is the <laughs> that's after the battle. That's after the battle. But that sounds pretty cool. Child yeah. and her parents. Yeah. So we'll have to check that out one of these days at all. So did it say in this uh, urban legend or 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 whatever it mm-hmm. is why um, you know why are the parents and the child walking around? Do they meet an untimely end? I didn't like see. Any tragic death? Well, why does it have to be tragic? Well, I don't, I don't know, but I mean, why else are they still walking around if they were just if they just died? I mean, obviously she must have died when she was what two? Is that what they say? Mm-hmm. She was like two. Hmm. I don't well, know. I miss her maybe, and maybe she's still there, and they're there, and 
we don't know uh, all the reasons. By the way, if anybody has a comment, they can certainly uh, uh, comment neither the Tojinet or the Pararex chat room or even on our Facebook page, which is what? Ghost Chronicles. <clears throat> Ghost Chronicles dash next generation. And I'm, I am manning that tonight. I'm on board with that. And I'm watching the Pararex, and I and guess we both. Togi Both chat. watching TogiNet, yeah. Both in Togi Chat. So there, we're all on board. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, do do you need a tragic death to have ghosts? I mean... Well, I suppose not. But that, why else are you uh, bound here? And is you it all go? tragic or... Hmm? Isn't all death tragic to someone? Hmm, I suppose. Sometimes it's a blessing. Uh, yeah, I mean, but certainly. certainly. But, you know, I don't. I wouldn't say all death is tragic. <clears throat> to Personally. someone, they are, though, right? I, I suppose. Well, I guess not even Hitler had his monitors, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. I say so. Did I, did I ever tell you that story? And 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 it's really no. interesting about the. Uh, they had they had built this uh, you know this is right up by Mike Markwatch's uh, alley it actually mm-hmm. is about the the chamber that they built at the uh, University of Stockholm it was underground is like totally dampered uh, totally separated so that you know no sound or anything could get through it and they did recordings there and they they got a uh, a recording that was in German oh no no this is Stockholm Stockholm and uh, then. Um, uh, they brought it to the language lab, and they supposedly matched the voice on the recorder to uh, Hitler's. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. That's pretty interesting. Well, I mean, you know, don't you think that, you know, spirit could be wherever it wants to be? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, every, every belief is differently, and I, I believe that, uh, uh, I, <laughs> oddly enough, the Jews uh, believe that there is good in everyone. So oh. Hitler's big toe may be in heaven, uh, <laughs> according to them. Know. I don't know. But <laughs> well, that's uh, that's very benevolent belief, but uh, <laughs> I don't know about that particular person. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, uh, and speaking, any- speaking of evil spirits, I guess they're making uh, Hitler wine in Italy now. Oh, God. Yeah, I saw that. That's, did you really? That's crazy. I did. You posted it, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah. So you do read my posts. That's, I do you know. read your posts. Yeah. I just ignore some of them. No hatred there, I'll tell you. <laughs> I love all your posts, Ron. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and all the other blondes. Yeah. All your, all your blonde girlfriends. Uh, anyways, I, I noticed Jenny said something to say about our, our little story in the uh, chat room. Uh, she said it doesn't need to be tragic. Mm. Is, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, right. So she's saying that deaths do not have to be tragic, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, you know what? She's the psychic. She should know. <laughs> yeah, but aren't we all? <laughs> I got in trouble one time when I said that. Uh, never mind. I will never say that again. Anyway. Okay. Then don't. <laughs> don't go there. Don't go down that road. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> But anyways, in the second half of the show we have coming up uh, in a few minutes, we have Zahara, who is, do you know who she is? I Apparently, she's a snake charmer. 
And I need to know what primal fusion, fusion belly dance is for sure. Oh, I'll demonstrate it for you sometime. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, my God. She gives lessons, so maybe you should take some lessons. <laughs> We've actually, I've actually had her on the show before. She's, she is very interesting, and mm-hmm. uh, she's not only, uh, you know, a snake charmer and uh, fusion belly dancing, but she also uh, believes in Wiccan witchcraft and a bunch of other cool stuff too. So I want to get a little bit into that as well when she, we have her on the air. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what we're all about—is to look at all different things. And uh, that is true. That is true. I don't. I don't think I'd want to dance with a great big snake, yucky snake, but um, <laughs> hey, you know what? To each their own. That's what I say. That's what well, I say. we're actually going to find out. I mean, are snakes really yucky? Well, or is that just our own perception? I think it is our own perception because, I mean, if you touch them, they're not slimy or anything. They're just they're just really, you know, smooth, their scales and things. But, you know, they scare the crap out of me, so. Yeah, what doesn't, though? I don't want to touch them. Hey, I'm a brave ghost hunter. Yeah. I'm not I'm scared sure. of much, so there. I'm sure. <laughs> it's the snakes. <laughs> spiders? No, spiders don't phase me. Really? That's interesting. Nope. Everybody always makes me uh, kill the spiders. Uh, All my friends, they like. See, I don't like to kill. I don't like to kill anything. Jen kills stuff in the house. I just try to capture them and release them outside. Oh God, they just run back in. That well, doesn't make whatever. any sense. Well, it's better than killing things. <laughs> I only kill bugs. I don't Can't we all get along? Mice and things like that. That that freaks me out. I picked one up by the tail uh, from our studio one time. A spider? Uh, no, a mouse. I said, well, how the hell do spiders have tails? Do you know no, something I don't no, know? No, 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 no. The little, the little field mice—they—it's fast. They get cold in the fall, and then they decide that they want to come into the very oh, old cute. school. Field mice are cute. Where, um, where yeah. we have our studio, and but apparently this one was a little sluggish, and I and I caught him by his little tail, and I and you killed him. it. No, I couldn't Bit kill him. Off? I hung him. I just hung onto him by his tail and marched you him hung right him down by what? the door. His tail. <sighs> This little tail. Right. Anyway. <laughs> See, Coming I told you I'm break. not afraid of that. Coming up to the break, and we're going to have our lovely Zahara on, who isn't even blonde, but I don't care. Oh, thank God, not another blonde. <laughs> Anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Ann Kerrigan, Woo-woo. and yours truly, New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Ronald Kolick, and uh, right here on Tojinet Parax Ghost Channel and Beyond. So, there you go. And we'll be right back. Yeah. Welcome to Tojinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. 
For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. And our special guest, Zahara. 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 <laughs> Zahara. You got to say it properly. Is she here? She's here, but she's not on the air until I oh, press the button. Oh, okay. Well, see, I was. I didn't know whether I. She's on the air. Zahara. There she goes. Oh, hello. It's, it's Zahara. Hi, Zahara. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. So we really, uh, Zahara, we, we've been talking about you a little bit, and, and we have to get a couple things straight. First of all, you are not blonde. Is that correct? Um, I, I'm not blonde. Right. <laughs> I can't. A girl would never tell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right along on that one. <laughs> that went over really good. And... Uh, First of all, Anne is afraid of snakes, so we figure we start with that. Is you dance with a snake? So why why are people afraid of snakes, and 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 why aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, for starters, I have eleven. So oh, oh. God bless you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you're afraid of snakes, I don't recommend coming over. Oh. Um, no d- <laughs> I think I think that there is um, this sort of um, innate fear of snakes because I think as I think as we grow up we're raised to be afraid of them. I find that when I when I'm out with my snakes and I'm performing, um, that children um, aren't really afraid. Children will come up to me and they'll want to touch the snake and they'll want to hold the snake. Um, I, so I, I really feel that we're sort of raised to be afraid of them. Um, but do you think it goes all the way back to like the Garden of Eden and the, and the whole Adam and Eve thing? Unfortunately, I think it does. Um, if you look back um, at ancient history and, um, you know, prehistoric history, uh, the snake was, was always connected to the Mother Earth and the Mother Goddess and the idea of reincarnation um, and rebirth and transformation and healing. So in ancient societies, the snake really had a positive, um, had positive attributes, um, so it really wasn't until really, you know, the onset the of Christianity that, that mm-hmm. the sort became this sort of evil thing. And it kind of gets into the whole thing of, like, how you eradicate, you know, a pagan religion that worships the earth and the mother goddess. Well, you need to sort of associate both of them as being evil. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why the woman is the temptress and the snake is the one who sort of tempted her. And, you know, so I think that we're... We're, we're raised to believe that we're afraid of snakes. I really don't think that um, that we were born to be afraid of them. So. so so can snakes sense that if you are afraid of them? Um, you know, I get that question a lot. I don't think, you know, snakes are very, they're very primitive. Um, and they, uh, people so are... So again. Oh, yeah, you know, people are with feelings, you know, that you personalities. Um, I think if you pick up a snake and you're kind of nervous, they're going to feed on that. They're going to pick up on that energy. Um, you know, I like that. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, as opposed to if, you know, you're very confident. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, when people meet a dog for the first time, you know, if the dog's a little jittery, you're not going to just stick your hand out there to pet the dog. Right. Even, uh, I mean, even babies and little children are like that, too. Exactly. You know? so, what? You're scared of babies now? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Stop. So it all sort of ties in. I, I you know... I, my snakes are very tame. I, I've raised all my snakes from, from when they were little, so they're, they're, and they're used to being around large groups of people. So they're sort of used to different personalities. Well, the, the, the thing with my fear of snakes is that when I was, when I was a child and you know, I was out walking through our yard one time, it was kind of a woodsy area, and I had on sandals. Somehow I was walking along, and this black garter snake went right through, right into my sandal, and I started, oh, I didn't think so at the time. (laughs) I started shaking my foot. This is still very vivid in my memory. I started shaking my foot to try and get it out of my sandal, and I'm screaming, of course, and the thing, you know, kind of wrapped itself around my ankle and bit me actually bit me. Really? So I was oh I was hysterical. My mother A little garden snake? It was it was it was not that little. It all I know is it was black. And it was not yeah. that little. And that sort of goes to that whole like, you know, psychological fear. Like if you're stung by a bee you're now gonna have a phobia of bees. Right. Uh, so it's sort of like you know, and and I've worked with people with phobias, it's sort of working through that fear. Mm. Um in realizing it's sort of an irrational fear. Right. Well. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you 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 were you were experience better, but uh, wait, wait a minute, yeah. Sarah, how are you you were born with those same fears yourself. I mean, you you were I mean, were you raised with snakes? I mean, how did you I, make the transition? Yeah, I grew up with reptiles. Um since guys, since I think I was like, you know, 5 or 6, you know, I had oh, well. um, Okay. I always grew up having a reptile. Um, the snake thing sort of came much later. I, I got my first snake when I was around 18, 19 years old. Um, I had this weird dream. I'm, you know, I practice witchcraft. Um, I'm a neo-pagan. I'm a shaman. Um, and I woke up one day, and I, I, I had this very vivid dream of this, you know, snake coming out of this lake and wrapping around me and, and actually having a pink lotus flower. So the snake actually became more of a totem animal for me. Um, so I didn't get my first snake till I was around 18, 19 years old. And it was, it was actually a little garter snake. Um, and of course I've moved on to very big snakes, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it kind of, it just sort of evolved for me. I feel like they're sort of my totem animals. It's like people gravitate towards different animals that that's right. kind of the one I gravitate more towards. Right. What women are my totem animals? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. I had this dream about this blonde. And okay. Then... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Zahara, so, so when you're dancing, like, with the snakes, I mean, does this uh, – you know, how do the snakes like react? I mean, they I, they must like it. Um, well, I, one of the things people always ask me is like, well, do they like the music? And snakes are actually deaf. Um, oh. <laughs> here, so there's always that misconception, and I'm like, they really could care less about what I'm playing on the radio. Um, That's interesting. you know, I think I don't like the word snake dancer. I really like the word snake charmer. Oh, um, sorry. I, no, no, that's not, that's not, you know, I, I'm not offended. Um, 
But the reason why I don't like the word snake dancer is because I think it sort of evokes this image that's a little bit beyond what I, I, it, I do a little bit beyond that. Um, I'm very connected to my snakes. I really feel this sort of spiritual energy with them. Mm-hmm. So when I perform with them, I feel that there's this connection. Um, so I work very fluidly with my snakes. Um, and it's really hard to explain to people because it's more than just, going on stage with a snake in a basket or coming out with a snake. It's more than that to me. Um, there's really this sort of interspecies duet that happens. Um, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, did you choreograph that? And I'm like, I can't do choreography with my snakes. <laughs> um, it's really hard to choreograph. So everything I do is improv, but because I'm so good at feeding you know, I feel their energy. We work really well together. It looks like it was a choreographed piece when I never do when I never do that. So we, me and my snakes work very well together. And, and in fact, on your website, uh, isn't there something about the snake whisperer? Yeah, I I sort of do this sort of I I do um, on the side as sort of aside from my dancing and and all my other work that I do. I do um, I call my I'm, I'm I dubbed myself the snake whisperer. Um, I, have, um, I do a lot of work with um, my snakes in educational settings as well as, you know, um, I've done music videos with them. I've done commercials with them. Um, so I sort of, you know, have been able to integrate my snakes. And it's really an interesting field for me. Um, you know, I had my snakes on a music video set for like three hours one day. And it was interesting to see how they work with other people. And it was, it was really neat. Jenny D asks, um, "Do the snakes feel the vibration at all?" They do. The vibration. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, some snakes, they they'll feel the vibration um, if their heads are completely flat on the ground, but they do feel vibration. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be like a defense kind of thing, as well. Yeah. So very, the thing I love with snakes is they're so they're they're so simple and yet so complex. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask you this, Zahara. So, for instance, if we had Anne and uh, we gave her a big snake, could she actually work with the snake? You know, she. You know, it, it was mm-hmm. how she was. I always have people. You know, when I do shows or, or I'm, I'm on a set, um, I'll have people who will be like, "Oh, can I touch it?" And then they'll they'll kind of get really nervous, and mm-hmm. I'm like. Why did you volunteer to touch it if you really kind of so <laughs> like just just go ahead, just touch it. It's really okay. And then once they do, they're like, oh, they're not slimy and they're not, you know. Um, I think with a little coaxing, she would be able to do it. But <laughs> yeah. and a little wine and a little I'm wine. Really, I would be more concerned for my snake. I think <laughs> right and a little rum. <laughs> So, uh, Zahara, you actually teach classes as well, but not in snake charming, right? Um, I do private lessons with snake charming. Um, I have done workshops. I do um, sort of, they're sort of snake spirituality workshops where, you know, we'll do a lot of work with snake energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I primarily teach, um, you know, belly dancing, um, belly dance classes, um, but belly dancing in the form of, like, cathartic. Um, release. So for me, my classes are, are really not so much because people want to become professional belly dancers, but because they're looking for either something really fun to do or a way to sort of release energy um, that they have inside and, and 
belly dancing is really great for that. And I, I think you actually have a class coming up this Saturday at Circles of Wisdom in Andover. Yeah, so. yes. Um, and it's actually one of my favorite sort of things that I've sort of, my, my life goes in waves, um, and I'm currently in my sort of like um, primitive primeval wave, I guess. Um, uh, <laughs> and I really started to tap into more of um, the cathartic aspect of dance as a form of healing. And so the workshop that I'm teaching Saturday and the workshop that I, in my classes I'll be teaching in the fall, um, they're really based more on dance as a healing aspect um, and really invoking like the sort of huntress aspect of the feminine energy. So, mixing- okay. so, so that, that you brought that up and, and that was one of the questions I was going to bring up. You said the huntress of feminine energy. So evidently, Ron, Van Helsink, could not do one of these classes because I have male energy. At least I think I do. No, that's not necessarily true. I think that all all humans have male and female energy. Um, you know, I think it, it's what you bring. You know, if you come to a class and you're a male and you, I mean, there are male belly dancers. Um, if you come to a class and you're male, it's what you want to get out of that class. Um you know, I think we all have that masculine, feminine energy. I, it's ironically enough, you know, for many years I was very much into my feminine goddess energy, and you know, the past you know year I've really been in touch with more of the god and masculine energy, and um, so it, it's really coming out in my dancing a lot more. Um, really, I've had my students in the past go, "Wow, you know, last year our." Our choreography was very ethereal and fairy-like, and this year it's very, you know, stomping and angry and, you know. <laughs> you know what? Let me, give, let me give you a hint. Guys suck at dancing, so stick with the feminine energy. <laughs> you know, but the funny thing is I've had people come to classes and they're like, I can't dance, and by the end of a class they are amazing. So it's really bring <laughs> into it. You know, if you kind of come in with this, I'm never going to do this, I'm never going to succeed. You know, it's going to be there. So you have to be very open-minded. Right. Okay. Now, we, we have a question, uh, Brian, at the uh, from the Collinwood. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. He, he has a question. Uh, well, he says, we have a question. Uh, do you incorporate the snakes into your spiritual or magical practices? Ooh, oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, I've been practicing... Paganism for 17 years now, um, as well as um, shamanism, and um, I meditate with them. I'll do snake magic. I save their shed skins um, for for magic. Um, really? I, I mean, definitely. I mean, snakes are you know symbols of rebirth and transformation and healing. So um, you know, you would all you know you really want to tap into a snake energy if you're trying to do that kind of magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you hear me cringing on the radio? <laughs> I'm like, oh, snake skins. <laughs> I think you should take one of these classes, Ants. I really do. I think it would, it would oh, help you uh, so much. If she doesn't have the snakes, I'm all over the belly dancing. I want the, the outfit with the jingle well, jingle coins belly on so, it. I mean, yes. <laughs> Excuse me? What? Excuse me? I'm sorry, there must have been a connection here. I just didn't hear what was going on. It must have been an EVP working its way in. Yeah, there there was something, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a snake. The snake made me say it. Yeah. 
So any, anyways, um, let's get back, back to more serious questions. You know, uh, a lot of people, I mean, you, you look at uh, so many uh, people with uh, animals, and it's really, I, I don't know, it's, to me it seems like they really shouldn't have animals. I mean, for instance, you can go into the Everglades in Florida now, and you can find just about any kind of snake you want, and they just found some huge python in there. And these right. were all animals that people had. Do, do, you, do you really think that we should have these primal animals as pets or as, as well, house guests? Well, let me... So let me address a little bit about that. Um, so okay. the Everglades issue, um, there's a huge thing going around right now about the Everglades and what happened there. Um, a lot of people think that a lot of the snakes that are in the Everglades were because people couldn't take care of them and let them go. Actually, mm-hmm. um, is not true. Um during Hurricane Andrew, and I think it was 93, um, there was a... You're absolutely right. Distributor. You're right. Yeah, yep. there was a reptile distributor in Florida, um, and when the hurricane hit, it wiped it out. Um, so a lot of the snakes that were in the reptile center, you know, ended up in the Everglades. Um, mm-hmm. That's to say that people aren't idiots um, who buy things and don't know how to keep them uh, <laughs> and let them go. I mean, that obviously is a huge issue, um, I think that snake ownership and reptile ownership is the same as dog ownership. Um, it's like sort of, it always bothers me when people attack people who have pit bulls, you know, well, the dog's dangerous, you shouldn't have it. Um, mm-hmm. it's the owner's mm-hmm. responsibility to take care of their pet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think of my snakes as pets. I think of them as, you know, my, my spiritual workers. However, you know, I think that if you are a responsible pet owner, then, you know, you should have it. Do, you know, there's a lot of stuff going around. Just recently, um, the government passed uh, the Lacey Act, which included um, several species of snakes on there that now cannot cross state lines, including Burmese pythons, um, of which are a big contributor to the issue in the Everglades, um, of which I own two um, Burmese. And so... I can't cross state lines now with them. Um, do I think it's an issue? Absolutely. Do I think that it has to do with the snake itself? I think it has to do with the owners. The, the owners, you know, you're responsible. For oh, oh, absolutely. You know, um, the, there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of, um, you know, falsehoods about snakes. There's all these ideas that, like, oh, they they'll they'll eat your cat and they'll kill your babies and they'll, you know, <laughs> it, you know, it's not it's not true. You know, not to say that there haven't been cases, but why did that happen? Well, because the owner had a snake and didn't lock it up, or the owner had a snake and wasn't taking care of it appropriately. You know, so you know that happens. You know, um, so I do. You know, I just really, it really bothers me when I have, when I, you know, watch the news and then there's like, you know, somebody's boa got out and it's this huge news story and it's totally blown out of proportion and it makes, it villainizes the snake, which of course, you know, the poor snake who's never done anything wrong, (laughs) 
Right, absolutely, and, and, I, and I agree with you, and one of the reasons that I'm glad you, you spoke up is because I wanted to give you the opportunity to, is, is yeah, it's not, it's not any creature's fault. It's, it's how the creatures are treated. Uh, they just right. do what, whatever they're, they're naturally going to do. It's not like they're evil things. They aren't. Mm-hmm, right. And so it's really, it really is the owner. So, so it goes back to the question is, are we responsibly, responsible enough to have, I mean, when you look at the, the chimp problems that have showed up, I mean, it's really sad because they end up actually have to right. shoot some of these chimps and stuff. I, so you it, know, I, I, it really, I, you know, it's really hard because one of the things I find, and it's one of the things I, I always am very adamant about during um, my workshops where I do have snakes. Um, I always tell people, my class is not for you to go out and go purchase one at a pet store. Um, right. Like, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not, um, I'm not advocating that, you know, people go out and buy, um, and buy a snake at a pet store. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things. It's hard to regulate. I think it's one of those industries that's really hard to regulate right now, um, it's not, you know, but I think the pet industry in general is very hard to regulate. I mean, you have people, you know, I just recently adopted a cat, you know, and um, the whole thing with the cat was, you know, they gave us the papers and somebody dumped the cat off, you know, in the woods because it was pregnant and it was a stray. Right. Uh, and it's like, you know, how do you control that? How do you control human behavior? You can't control human behavior. Um, right. I find I always have this, it's really bad, I probably shouldn't say this, but I really, um, I, I find humans to be disgusting sometimes. Uh, <laughs> they're disgusting animals. I mean, they really can be really disgusting animals. Um, oh, you should have heard the beginning of my show, then you would have fell right in there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I there really you find, go. Yeah, I find humans to be a, a very disgusting animal at times, so... Totally can be. And, and the, the sad thing about it is we have an intelligence not to be. So Yeah, I, I sometimes right. question that. <laughs> well, yeah, you might be right. Anyways, uh, I don't want to take away from what you really do, but uh, it, it's good that we brought this up, and I, I think it was a great forum, to, uh, forum question to bring up. So I, I am happy you addressed that. So Now, I have a question. What is primal fusion belly dance? I knew you were going to ask that. What is that? Yeah, so this is sort of like I, I always say my, my life goes in waves, and this is my current wave that I'm on right now that I'm riding. Um, I, I really am really into, I always kind of have been really into Neolithic um, ancient cultures. Um, I find there's something very simple and um, yet very spiritual about those cultures. Um, so I actually really started to get drawn to more earthy um, sort of music, um, you know, Australian didgeridoo music, African music, um, oh, cool. yeah. trance dance music like the czar, um, you know, really, really deep, you know, Native American drumming. Um, and so I started to really fuse that with my belly dancing. Um, and then one day, I don't know where this came from, but I don't even know how it started. I started to wear, like, like primal tribal markings on my face. I would get face paint and, you know, put, you know, tribal markings on my face and really felt this really earthy 
energy just kind of starts to flow through me and really feel connected to like the earth and, and like the universe. And so I really kind of, it's this raw energy. It's this primal energy. Um, and it's really, it's very cathartic to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I love about it um, that I've started to really do is I've really started to infuse, you know, African dancing with belly dance. Um, and it really is powerful. Um, and, and my students are really into it because they're like, wow, you know, I, I feel like I can let all this stuff out. And you really feel like you're invoking something when you're, when you're doing this. Um, so it's sort of my little niche right now. Oh, great. Okay. So, so your, your dancing is therapeutic. Is, is... It's very therapeutic. It's, my dancing, it's funny, when I first started dancing, it was more for entertainment value. I'm like, I'm a belly dancer, and I'm going to do, you know, and I did a lot of gigging for a long time. You know, I did gigs, like, almost every weekend I had a gig, and I kind of started to get burnt out because it wasn't doing anything for me. I started to kind of not like what I was doing, and that's really bad. Um, <laughs> so... It's over the past, I'd probably say over the past year and a half, um, I, I, I started, I am doing a show in September called Animus um, that I created. Um, it's, my dance has become much more therapeutic. Oh. Well, that's, that's great because it, it is easy to get burnt out as an entertainer. Oh, yeah. I mean... Um, Absolutely. I mean, I've been face painting, I feel like, forever, but I fortunately I've never, like, hit that burnout stage. I think maybe... If I did it full time, you know, maybe I would. But yeah, you know. and I, I don't, I don't do this full time. I have a normal day job. <laughs> right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, but, you know, it it really got to the point where it was like people. I just felt for me, um, people were were reacting. You know, you're a belly dancer. People react. They don't appreciate your art the way you do. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I just kind of got burnt out. So for me, I'm sort of in this phase now where I'm I'm very picky about what I do for, for performances. Um, and, you know, for me, I want to make sure that when I'm performing, it's because I'm in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't believe the pizza's here already. Pizza from the dead, again. Oh, my God. Pizza's the doorbell. That means uh, the pizza's here, and we've got to wrap it up, unfortunately. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyways, I think we do have one more question from the chat room. I think we can sneak that in, can't we, Ann? Um, Stephen Scott wants to know, uh, how does Sahara work around the general misconceptions of snake mythology and some religious beliefs as evil or bad? Have you ever found anyone's spiritual attitude to the snake changed uh, in your workshops? I've been very fortunate that I haven't met anybody who's super radical yet, so (laughs) I haven't run into that problem. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, you know, it really, you know, I find it very interesting. And, and I know, you know, I mean, usually your classes are all women, right? Or, or am I wrong with this? Um, It depends. I've had males in my class. So. Well, I didn't ask you that. I said usually they're mostly yeah, usually, women. Right? Yeah, yeah. I would right. say 90% of the time. Right. And, and it's a, isn't it, do you think it's that, that great, bonding of of the females uh you know girls night out they get and go out and they they can take this dance and just let themselves go and and forget about other things in the world that really you know is bringing them down do you, th- you think that's a great uh you know theory i can't even say that 
Do you know what I'm getting at? Therapeutic. Yeah, I yeah. think I think it's more than just a girls' night out. I think it's women trying to reclaim womanhood. Um, I think women, you know, you don't have to be belly dance is one of those forms, or you don't have to be very thin. Um, huh? If you're heavy, more power. So, like, it's one of those dances that embraces everything that there is about being a woman. You know, power, sex, and beauty all wrapped up into one. You know, but it's empowering. It's so I can. Meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Brian. So, anyways, we're just about out of time, uh, Zahara. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Would you yeah, like to uh, let us know where you're going to be? I know you're going to be at Circles of Wisdom on Saturday, and and I think there are some spots if you guys want to, well, you ladies want to try it, or guys, uh, you know, you can sign up. Uh, where, where else? You, what do you else you got coming up? Um, so September eighth at the YMCA Theater in Cambridge. I'll be um, I'll be doing my show Animus, a shamanic journey through dance and theater, and there'll be um, 15 dancers from New England, um, and I will be the shaman, and we'll each be portraying um, an aspect of the natural world, and it's a theatrical show, so that'll be September 8th, and all the information's on my website. Which is? Uh, It's um, com. Thank you. Good night. Thanks. Good night, everyone. Things that go bump. Midnight, one more night with us.